Okay, this is the Things Christians Want to Know podcast. Welcome back. I'm Nate Johnstone here with Paul Anderson. Hello. And we are continuing the subject of breaking free from strongholds. And we read um, a lot from the Psalms, actually, from David, about how God is meant to be our stronghold, our refuge, the place we turn to, the one we turn to when we have need or when we're afraid or when we need help. Jesus talks about it in Matthew 6, when we need provision, money, food, whatever it is, we turn to God and we don't worry, we rely on him. That's how we are meant to live. Um, But instead, sometimes, because of whatever reason, we turn to something else other than God. Maybe it's quicker, easier, more seductive, to quote Yoda. Um, But for whatever reason, we turn to something else instead of God. Um, And there are a lot of different things that we can turn to instead of God. And if we can, if we do that too much, it becomes a stronghold, a negative stronghold, a bad stronghold, like a prison. So in other words, we accidentally construct our own prison around ourselves that we then can't break free from on our own. And there we are. There we sit. What can we do? So what are some examples of some strongholds, Paul, that we can find ourselves in? Yeah, we told a few stories at our last podcast about uh, a guy named Marv. He went to porn. Jerry went to alcohol. I'll tell a story now about Verna, who went to a friend. And first glance, that wouldn't be an issue. But what happened was that her husband, he was a good man, had a decent marriage, wasn't perfect. Mark, but they had a decent marriage, and one night he had to break their date because of an emergency that took place at work, and she was feeling sorry for herself, and she called up Nancy, and Nancy said, all men are like that, and she somehow took solace in that statement. And they talked for quite a while, and uh, Verna thought, what what a friend she was. She was, she, I wasn't feeling very good, she met my need, and so she started calling her more often. Mm-hmm. And Nancy became a very close friend. And she confided in her husband less and less, and in Nancy more and more. And he's wondering what's going on, mm-hmm. because she's kind of withdrawn. Six months later, they separate, because Verna didn't like this husband anymore. Yeah. And it was one incident, and she believed a lie. She believed that he really was like that, and no, it was a work situation. He still loved her, but she got pulled away by a friend. Mm. So... Pretty sad. Uh, a yeah. stronghold can start as something that's very innocent, but it becomes something that eventually imprisons us. So in the Psalms, we see it used in a positive way. God is David's stronghold. But Paul talked about strongholds as something that we had to demolish. 
arguments raised against the knowledge of God. We destroy strongholds. So in that sense, a stronghold is is a God substitute. It's something that I run to instead of God. And I quoted the scripture last time we were together from Isaiah 31. Woe to those who go down to Egypt for help, who rely on horses, who trust in the multitude of their chariots, and in the great strength of their horsemen, but do not look to the Holy One of Israel or seek help from the Lord. Amen. And so these are struggles in the mind, maybe thought patterns or lies we're believing. Yes. And we're going to get into the lies more in a moment. Um, or it could be an emotional stronghold, maybe a wound or something that happened to us. And we sort of build up walls as a defense mechanism or we turn to something else mm -hmm. um, for comfort or for solace or for help as a defense mechanism. And, you know, psychologists and counselors have identified that behavior for, for many years mm -hmm. as a natural thing, sometimes even a subconscious thing. Um, you know, someone's mom is sick when they're young and eventually they, they, they build up a, a wall around themselves to protect themselves emotionally from the fear of losing anyone at any moment, you know? And so that's another example of a stronghold that people can end up in one way or another. And so it's not always a sinful trust, like you said. Oftentimes it's, it starts out very innocent. Some think there's nothing wrong with it. Yes. Um, but it can turn into a prison. And that's what the devil likes to do, is he likes to try to twist and taint and, and, and pervert things, even good things, into pulling us away from God, pulling our focus away from God and onto either ourselves or something. So continuing so that people understand what a stronghold is, it's something eventually that I don't like talking about because it shames me, it embarrasses me. It's something I, I uh, hide because it frankly makes me feel like a wimp. Mm -hmm. well, because I, I can't control it, I can't overcome it, it becomes a, uh, a prison, and I thought it was going to be a good place to go to, but it becomes a terrible place to hide in. It becomes a, a prison, and I really find it hard to get out. Like our friend Anna, we talked about Anna last week, uh, that she went to the fridge, and she, she could not not go, and so, eventually it became so a prison might start out as a comfort yes. or a pleasure, but it turns into more like torture. Mm -hmm. okay. So it, it's a habit pattern of thinking that affects our behavior. Mm -hmm. I do it habitually, and sometimes without even thinking. I'm there. It may be a fear that I have, a fear of heights or fear of being in front of people, and it's there. I, I can't... I can't not do it. So it becomes kind of a part of who you are in a way, how you respond. Oh, to it's the very world. much, very much a part of my identity. I am the angry person, or I am the divorced person. I am the one who's afraid, and I always will be. I know I can't, I can't get out from under this. It's a, it becomes a terrible place, a terrible prison. I like these examples. Can you give us, give us some? Yeah, uh, perfectionism. I'll be okay as long as I do everything just right. Anger. People make me upset. I have a right to get mad. 
I wouldn't if people were different. Self-pity. No one understands. No one appreciates me. I'm all by myself. Lust. I need a high right now. A moment of harmless pleasure. Even good things like work. I am a valuable person because I'm a hard worker. People need to appreciate it. I had a an aunt and I don't think people talk about this, but I think she had a strong liver sickness. Hmm. That like, was her way like of Like hypochondria? I don't know if that was a part of it, but she was always sick, and I think it was her way of getting attention okay. because she didn't get it. She didn't have a strong marriage, and she was sick, not terribly sick, but uh, I think in her bed and moaning and groaning a little bit, she got the attention that she didn't otherwise get. Sure. Religion can be a struggle, as you know, that... Uh, I'm a devout person. I have value to God because I go to church and I serve other people. And I do all the Bible studies. I read through my Bible once every single year. And I do this and I do that and I do that. It almost always, in my experience, turns into legalism. Mm -hmm. It might start off with a good thing. You know, devotion. And it turns into something gross. The... The... One of the reasons why it's hard for us to get out from under strongholds is that they're accompanied by lies. And if I feed on those lies, if I believe them, then I'm in Satan's domain. As you know, Jesus called him the prince of the power of the world and the prince of darkness. His realm is darkness. And a I feel like a wimp because of the stronghold. I don't want to come into life. I don't want to right. share this because I, I feel terrible. I feel like, wh why can't I get rid of this anxiety? Why can't I sleep at night? Why can't I overcome this drinking problem? Why do I have to take all these pills? And so I don't want to share it. And a lot of churches don't talk about these kinds of things uh, in a way that that helps people get out from under them. It's not and a safe so place. It has, yes. Yeah. So people people keep it to themselves, and that doesn't make it any better because they're in the dark. Mm -hmm. And uh, John, as we talked about last time, uh, John uh, dealt with this when he says, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. So uh, we want to... We want to say, yeah, I've got this problem, but we're afraid people will cut us off and they'll shame us. Interestingly enough, we get the exact opposite response when we come into light. But uh, we'll get to that a little later. That's, that's not our normal uh, response. It's, yes, of course, I need to come into light. I need to share it. Our normal response is, it's embarrassing. I can't do this. I don't want to share with anybody. And that's why we're so surprised at others. When they when they come to the light, we're we're blessed, we're thankful, we're surprised, but we shouldn't be because we've done it. I did it in seminary. I thought I was going crazy. I really did. I didn't want to answer the phone. I was afraid to get the phone because I had a stronghold of fear in my life, and I needed somebody more mature than me to 
teach me what was going on here. I didn't have it. To help you break that stronghold. Yeah. Yeah. And I presume that happened. Thank God. <laughs> yeah, thank God it did. But, you know, it might be good for us just to share some of the lies that yeah, are yeah. pretty common because uh, uh, lies are what keep us in that place of darkness. So and a lot of us, I think, listeners, you can judge for yourselves, but as you hear these things, I think you're going to hear things that have gone through your own mind probably more than once. And it's important to learn to recognize the lies when we think them. Or when someone else says them to us, to know that is not true. That is not what Scripture says. That is the opposite of what Scripture says, or a perversion of what Scripture says. And a strong reason for that is that Jesus said, You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. If truth sets us free, what do lies do? There's a stronghold. And so we have to learn how to identify the lies. I love the movie Lion King. I, I, I love to talk about it because it's such a good picture of what we're talking about now. Here's uh, Simba, who has a wonderful father, Mufasa. They play together. They talk about his destiny. He knows who he is. He's going to be Lion King. He sings about it. And they had a wonderful relationship. And then Scar, who was jealous, his uncle Scar, he was jealous of Simba and where he was headed. And he managed to kill Mufasa when he was climbing to safety. And uh, Scar did him under. And then he told Simba, you are responsible for your dad's death. And he believed that lie. Mm -hmm. And what happened to his identity? It was compromised. Instead of walking, he, he didn't know he, who he was. Lions don't eat grub. Right. Lions don't live in the jungle. Uh, and Nala came to try to uh, rescue him and bring him back to his calling. And you remember what he said? You don't understand. You don't understand. <laughs> you don't know what it's like. Yeah. Oh, if I had a dime for every time I heard Christians say that to me, I, I'd be a much wealthier man. Yes. And he was believing a lie, and uh, and that kept him from walking into his future. Mm -hmm. So he had to somehow deal it, deal with it. And it was Rafiki who got him back. Yes. My you kid. don't know who you are! My kid's favorite character. Yes, I love it. And he helped him to see. And isn't it interesting that what he heard his father say to him was, remember who you are. In other words, yeah. you, you come back to a true identity yeah. of who you are and to remember your father, your good father, and, and that he had given you this calling and yeah. he got courage. It, it was going to take something to, to uh, fight back. And who he was was directly connected to his father. And I love that from a Christian yes. point of view. Yeah. And even for this topic, I love it when he looks into the water and he sees his father's image. Because mm -hmm. that's who we are. We're made in the father's image. And when we start believing these lies, we can, we have the power to break these lies in our life because we are made in the image of God. Yes. The devil can't get away with lying to God's kids. 
Like, you can break this. Yeah. No matter how much you may have been told or told yourself or believed that I can never get over this. I can never change. It's just who I am. I'm just an angry person. I'm just the worry wart. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just um, the, the liar. I exaggerate. I tell lies. I, I can't help it. It's just who I am. That, those things are lies. It's not true. That's not who you are. That's not really who you are. These are strongholds that have become a part of your personality makeup because you've done it so much, but they can be broken and changed. Yeah. But you have to be able to recognize the lies first. And let's let's share some. I'm I'm remembering now when I was at Hungry Horse in Montana at a camp, and they asked me to speak to the young adults. So I brought them together in a room. We're all sitting on the floor together, mm-hmm. and I showed them the clip where where Simba, uh, Rafiki helped Simba to uh, turn and begin to walk toward his destiny. And then I asked them, "What are some lies?" That you believe that would be a good question for some of our listeners to think about. Are there lies that I can detect in my own heart that I believe? So I I was sitting. There was a girl in front of me, and I just touched her and I said, "Okay, do you believe any lies?" And she said, "Yes." And she said, um, "I asked her what is it? Can you share it with us?" And she said, "I've always felt like I'm not beautiful enough to get married." And here was a group of twenty. High school and college kids, and she was, she was free to share that. Very vulnerable. Oh, uh, I said that is a. I feel free, you know, to believe that. And uh, and then I I poked a guy who was over on my left, and I said, "Have you believed any lies?" And he said, "I felt like I didn't have one." You and I were sitting right here. And I shared these thoughts with some pastor friends. Mm-hmm. And one of them who was having a powerful ministry in another country, he said, I've always heard this word. You don't have what it takes. You're not good enough. You're not strong enough. You're not holy enough. You're not powerful enough. And he said he's heard that tape for many years. And he's... He's a powerful, mm-hmm. and so so this isn't just for newbies, no. for newbie Christians, that we all have to. And hearing lies doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. It's not simple to hear lies. Jesus heard lies in the desert. Good point. The devil came to tempt him. So like, really good point. No, no, you're not being judged if you're hearing these lies. You're, and I don't even blame people for believing some of them initially. Sometimes, yes, but we need to. Humble ourselves before the Lord so that we can be aware of the lies that we are believing. And that's why we, we so much need each other. Yeah. We need the body of Christ. And I've so often said to, I've heard my friends say something or talk in a certain way. And I'm just like, do you believe this? And I'll, I've asked God to help me be good at guessing the lie. Yeah. That's, that's, a, that's a real prayer that I pray. <laughs> God, help me be good at seeing the lies, perceiving what it is. And I've been getting better at guessing what these lies are. And I'll say, are, do you believe this? And they'll look at me and be like, I guess. Kind of. I mean, not really. But yeah. Hmm. Like when you say it that obviously, <laughs> no, that's dumb. But I certainly do live my life as if I do. I'm like, you know that's a lie, right? That is 
not scripture. And I'll, I'll usually try to find right in that moment. Sometimes I won't find it right away. I'll have to talk to him later. But I'll show him. These are the scriptures. Here are the five words. Mm. I'll email them. I'll text them. These are the scriptures. I want you to read these over and over and over and over yeah. and over and over and over and over and over until you believe the truth and say, yeah. And that's that's the breaking. And that's what I had to do. I had to write some things down and just resume over my head. Let me just share a few of those lies, or quite a few of the lies. Yes. You make people uncomfortable. Ever heard that? I heard it. You're weird. I was. I felt. Uh, I was a little weird when I was a seminary, and mm-hmm. Satan said that to me, and I was I was buying it. If you just tried a little harder, you would be more worthy of God's grace. Mm-hmm. You're going crazy. You're getting more nervous. Just look at your hands. You're going to lose your job. Just watch. Your spouse is having an affair. There's no harm in it. It won't hurt you, at least not one time. Everybody's doing it. You are a failure, and you'll probably die that way. As I'm saying this, I'm sure there are things that you have heard that identify with what I'm saying here. Church members sometimes talk about you, and it's not complimentary. God speaks to people. He just doesn't speak to you. You'll never get victory over that sin. God is usually disappointed with your performance. Or you're you're too old. You're too young. You're not beautiful. You're dumb. I said that last time. You're ugly. God is angry with you for what you did as a child. Like, mm. like God comes at us for something we did and we can't even remember what it was. But God's angry with us and we know he is and he's doing something. Well, a lot of people have this. This is very strange to me, but a lot of people have a sense of spiritual foreboding. Mm-hmm. That God is disappointed with them, upset at them. They're not even sure why. Or maybe the devil convinces them that, well, this is the obvious reason why. Whatever it is, and that no ma- no amount of confession mm-hmm. eases their conscience. Yeah, They just always have this sense that God is after them. Like the big old mean man in the sky with a stick ready to smash them every second that they walk out of line. And all of that goes against what you were talking last time, our picture of God, which is so important. The devil likes to lie to us to taint our picture of who God is. Mm-hmm. That is not God. He's not angry and disappointed enough to get you. But we start believing that lie, and pretty soon we're not approaching God. Yeah. How could we approach that God? That's a scary God. That's not a God I want to come to. Absolutely. That's a God I would want to run away from. Mm-hmm. And then the devil won at that point in your life. Anything you can do to keep you from going to God. Yeah. So, Paul talked about the armor that we put on, and mm-hmm. one of the pieces is the belt of truth. truth. Yes. And so we need to have an alarm system that when those lies come at us, something rings, hey, that isn't the truth. Because if we believe the lie, we're in Satan's domain, and pretty soon, we work something into a stronghold. So it's really important, dear listeners, that you examine your thoughts. This is, it's all in your mind. Mm-hmm. It is in your mind. That's where the battle is being waged. And so we have to learn to detect those things that are not the truth. That means we live with the truth. That means we read the truth. That we, means that we honor God, the God of truth. So that we're ready to detect those lies so we can come against them. And eventually, 
demolish those strongholds that are in our mind. And then we humble ourselves before the Lord all the time and realize there are probably wise I believe in. I'm always asking the Lord, show me. When I start believing something that's a lie or don't recognize it instantly as a lie, can you do that for me? Can you show me? Prick me. Ring a bell in my spirit. Something um, that helps me know that there's, hey, there's a lie here and, and we need to deal with that. You know, what I think we should do here in Nate is to maybe share false ways that we go about breaking the stronghold, mm. and then take people through. Here are the steps that we go through to break a, a stronghold. And maybe we can do that the next time around. I think that's a good idea. I think that for, for this next week, as you're, as you're praying and as you're thinking, um, keep asking the Lord to reveal the lies to you that you might be believing. Yes. And if there are any of those strongholds that we talked about, whether it's something that you feel like, yes, I turn to this instead of God, or whether it's a mindset, or maybe you've referred to it as a personality flaw. Hmm. I've heard people say that a lot. Or, this is just a quirk that I have. Hmm. Um, you know, sometimes those kind of things are actually strongholds. Yeah. They're things that aren't supposed to be there. It may be a part of who you are, quote-unquote, right now, but that doesn't mean that God can't heal it and that it can't actually be gone. And I, I love talking to people after strongholds have been broken in their life. They're like, ah, I'm so different. It's been 30 years. I didn't even realize how much I was in prison. And now it's just it's just the whole world is just so much better. Um, and I've, I've talked to so many people like that. It's, it's just a wonderful thing. And so um, I really encourage you to humble yourself and ask the Lord to show you, is there something in your life that he wants to deal with? Is there a lie he wants to put his finger on? I'm going to say a Quick prayer. Here. Let's do that. Yes. Father, we thank you for those who are sharing this time with us, and I pray that you would give them wisdom to detect those things in their life in these days ahead now as they're looking for it, that you will show them, that you will come with your light. Jesus, you are the light of the world. Come with your light and let your light shine on those areas. And give Give us, give them vulnerability to come into the light and then to walk in the light.